Hey, so this is the Glue Guys podcast. Uh, we're doing the cold open again. You may remember from last week. We're keeping with the t- tradition. Very new thing. Cutting edge. Yeah, it's, it's what all the pods and the biz are doing now. Um, anyways, we just came back from media day. We're tuckered out. Our dogs are barking, Mike. Uh, a lot of... <laughs> a lot of <laughs> Literally, my dog was barking. Yeah. I had to go to the bathroom. Your metaphorical dog? Yeah. Um, um, yes. My feet. My so feet. We, we heard from pretty much every net on the roster. We didn't listen to all of them. But we heard from most of them. And, you know... We'll talk about it in this upcoming episode. We'll talk about a little bit about what we are impressions of Media Day, what we kind of drew from these people. And then at the mid to tail end of it, what we're going to do is we kind of had some one-on-ones with a couple of the players, Rondé Hollis-Jefferson. Um, there's a few more in there that we did. We'll play some of those for you, and then we'll also play some of the full sound from the D'Angelo Russell and Jeremy Lin. We'll play you the full sound that we got from those mm-hmm. scrum things, which we will sort of explain in our pod. But this is... Our pod. Okay. So it is coming right now. Welcome back to the Blue Guys. This is Mike here. Say hello, Brian. Hello. Check us out on Twitter at BK Blue Guys, Facebook, NetsDaily.com, Almighty Baller Radio. Brian. Heck yeah. Media Day. Yes. We are media. What a day. We meted the us. Yeah. Um, we were there, Media Day. We were among the, let's say, 20 media members that were covering Media Day. Howard Beck was there. Yeah. Celebrity sighting, Howard Beck. Um, <laughs> of, all, of all the celebs there, yeah, his, that, his star was... shined the brightest. You know what? I like to see that. Yeah. Putting in the work. That's, I know Howard Beck lives in Brooklyn, Yeah, but that's putting in the work. That's. I mean, I don't care if you live it. You don't. Nobody lives around Industry City. That's. I mean, maybe you do, but... I, it is an emerging area. Pretty far. I mean, from a... It's a you know, it's a trek. It's a trek. Um, so, yeah, we were there at Nets Media Day at the HSS Center. Nicely done, Mike. Um, we were there. Uh, there was a lot of other people there talking to Nets basketball players. Brian. Yes. Your impressions. Takeaways. Oh, gosh. These are, <clears throat> I immediately knew, like, this is, there's just no meat on this, uh, on these bones. I know. <laughs> it's bad. And I think that's an interesting <laughs> thing in itself because, well, one, it's interesting because D'Angelo Russell, obviously. D'Angelo has been so run through the mill in his career. He's 21. Yeah. But yet he's been savaged in the media i will say this i was so mostly you know how i am like first of all i don't know if there's a, a collective group of people that speak in lower volume than nba players oh my being god interviewed. what it, was that it, they make you work so hard to hear them like you can't have a conversation with them um but i like tried very very hard to listen to d'angelo russo speaking he made a ton of eye contact at you mike when you were asking him questions it was it's very um it's kind of an intimidating guy to, to speak to. I wasn't. I wasn't considering that. We also. I don't know. Not not intimidating, but like he's like he he kind of lets it be known with his eyes and his just his body language. Like, uh, like definitely don't ask me about Snapchat. <laughs> like basically, is like the vibe. But like, so if you ever and is like, it like, are you going to ask me about it? Right. If you exactly, are. because like any line of thinking where it's like, I think you're asking him about like what's the differences between L.A. and Bo- and Brooklyn. And I think that immediately like, started to register on his. <laughs> on, are you about to ask me about Snapchat radar? Um, yeah, and he gave the, me literally a history of. He just said Lakers have history, the Nets don't. Yeah, <laughs> which is fair. fair. Which, well, in term, but he didn't say. It. He said it way 
differently, but um, that's right. essentially what it was. Behind the scenes, we also rode up the elevator with Angela Russell, we did. who quickly put the hood up. <laughs> no, I think, no, it wasn't okay. quick. Okay, it, let's it let's break this all yeah, down. Yeah, let's not make us let's paint ourselves in a bad light. You know, Brian and I were the last two people to get to media day. I think Pretty before much. the interviews happened, I was. Brian was on time. I was late. Um, we were. Brian was waiting for me like a gentleman. I meet him, but as I'm walking up the steps, D'Angelo is walking up the ramp, and I'm like, this is going to be good. Yeah. I've also ridden an elevator with Bradley Cooper, so this is my second highest in did terms of my I, power Did I tell you about rankings. the time I saw Bradley Cooper? Tell me. I saw him at Ipudo, this, uh, this Japanese this ramen restaurant. I'm already rolling my eyes at that, but Jess... Like you're very rolling. status conscious, I've realized. Already There's rolling something. my eyes. <laughs> Do you think you're some kind of working Man class hero? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, if you see our Twitter account, I'm, I'm working. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm in there yes. in the salt mines. You are. Are there um, salt mines, by the way? Is that where we get salt? Yes. Okay. Um, I know you knew So that. Bradley Cooper was at Ipudo. Okay. Everyone get your eye rolls Were you out there, too? I was there. Um, okay, so like like, it's, not like, it's not like a fancy place or anything. You get $15 bowls of soup there, okay? Ramen. Which is going uh, great for ramen. Oh, my God. <laughs> and you think that is standard level ramen. That oh is my. what standard level ramen is. Oh, my God. Okay, okay you don't know. I don't want to ramen, life, so just, just keep going. Where are you please. getting ramen? It's not top ramen, okay? Tell it's, me about Bradley Cooper. <laughs> so he's in there, and it's a there's a line out the door for this place. It's a high traffic place. There's like a two-hour wait every Saturday. <laughs> you're really like, making this better, yes. At like noon. What? Nobody cares about it. You're the only person that cares about like lines <laughs> for a ramen place that's... What is going on with you? And he's there with a female, and they're wearing like Vin. Um, those like uh, what are the hats? The brand of hats that are like trucker hats. That are, like, oh, fancy. the Von Dutch. Yes, Von Dutch. Oh God. Yes. And reading, just going cover to cover on a uh, on a weekend times. Aw. And I'm like, okay, ah, but no, because there's a line of people out the door. Give up your table, bro. Oh, okay. Cooper. Good point. Yeah. Anyways, elevator with D'Angelo. <laughs> Sorry about that. So we're in it. And what I was trying to do, I don't know if you picked up on this, I was trying to speak loudly. So to to like hopefully invite him into the conversation. Yeah. yeah. I don't know what were we talking about. We were talking about nothing. Nothing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I was oh, I think we were talking about our clothing. Because a big yeah. point of our thing was that we I wanted to try to dress cool, but what I ended up wearing was like a mm, like a yacht captain's outfit or something. No, that's more like a like a Professional bocce ball player. Professional bocce ball. I went for bocce bo- professional bocce ball. Brian was his normal great wear. Thanks. Very very nice. Glasses. I have a uniform. That's all. I you don't have glasses. That's all I have. I just have. You had your little pen and pen. Your little. I wanted to let people know pocket. on a on a drop of a dime I could write something down. You know. But yeah. Anyways, D'Angelo was. He did what I would have done, if I was a basketball player riding the elevator with two definite media members. I would not have engaged. Why would you engage? You know. So I appreciate what Daniel did. Anyways, media day. Impressions. Takeaways. Yeah. Everyone, uh, well, here's one, one thing. A lot of chumming around. A lot of chummy behavior from, from the boys. Uh, Good like, point. I like that. There was tons of chumminess going on. Lots of touchy-feely stuff. You know. It seemed like the tightest group, from what I could tell, was the Levert, Rondé Hollis, Jefferson, Spencer Dinwiddie. They, they made a point of it to take photos together. Mm. Um, that was one thing. Who slapped... I think Trevor Booker slapped Isaiah Whitehead in the head when, you know, we were doing interviews with Isaiah Whitehead. Um, D'Angelo Russell and Timothy Mozgov have a sincere. D'Angelo came over and gave him a hug at one point during the yeah, Timothy. Timothy had a lot of questions thrown his way, which was, was a big guy, man. That's a big boy. 
Okay, let's do this. Physical, most shocking <laughs> physical person. Are they, are they tall is the name of this. A new game here <laughs> for the glue guys. Are they tall? Who yeah. is tall? Yeah. We interviewed, the first person we interviewed was Jared Allen. Fro is still there. Yeah. Mustache still there. Sweet child. Yeah. An absolute sweet child. Um He's super tall, but Mozgov is noticeably like much bigger. Right, he's, it's a uh, it's a leg thing with Mozgov. It's once you, once you start getting to having giant legs, you know that's the different. <laughs> you know, that's, yeah. like they say, like being a power forward, like it's all about your legs versus being a small forward. Like because you can right. be six nine, but it's like he's definitely every every inch a center. And in, in, and you saw him like hold a water bottle at one point. Yeah, right? he was drinking a regular like size Poland Spring, one of those dollar Poland Spring bottles, and he could cover the entire thing with his hands. <laughs> Everything was enveloped. It was amazing. Um, Zeller was there. Zeller also looked tall. He's not honestly though. His Wait. chest is like pretty sunken, man. It's like he's got like my chest. I know. Yeah. I think all the Zellers have that yeah. weird little effect going on. What did you think of Alan Crabb's size? Uh, it didn't register. I, I was not like I did not think he was tall. He did, he did not win the Are You Tall game. I thought he was taller than I thought he was going to be. Yeah. I know he's supposed to be six seven or something. I just figured he wasn't. I figure everyone's actually six four, and we're all just sort of lying about the height. Yeah. Um, the the person that was interesting to see was D'Angelo, beyond many reasons, but I think partly because he he looks like a guard. Like he is definitely always going to be a guard. He's not like a he's not a swing player. I don't think. Yeah. I, he, he may be a two guard at some point in his career, but he's he's going to be a one for the most part for the Nets. Um, did you, uh, what did you and Milton Doyle talk about? His mom. Did you? <laughs> yeah. Really? Yeah. Cause I don't know if you guys have been following us on Twitter, but, uh, if you should, if you aren't, you should, uh, Milton Doyle's mom is a super active, cool tweeter yeah. who loves her son. And I love that. Yeah. I, I, I like recognize that so much. So I asked Milton. So it was basically just me and Milton. Cause what happens on media day, at least this media day is. They have like five segments of like 15, 50 minute intervals where they have four tables that you like see at a restaurant, like one, two top tables and a player comes out all like four or five players come out at one time. And, you know, there's usually like one session is D'Angelo Russell's the headliner and then one session Jeremy Lin's the headliner. Well, there was one session where it was just basically the G League crew. You know the end yeah. of the benchers. That one was kind of heartbreaking. That was. A I know. Episode. Yeah, and one. So we we noticed this when they all came out. All the G Leaguer guys, they all look like the freshmen in high school class, they afraid to like, sort of. Yeah, they look like at a mixer. Yeah, but Milton Doyle, who we're super big fans of, yeah, um, he came over and I went right up to him, and one I asked, "Is he going to wear the undershirt?" Because mm-hmm. to me that would make. I actually asked him if uh, the. I think his old man game, the reason why we think he has an old man game is because he wears an undershirt like a YMCA guy. But I asked him about his mom, asked him what he, what he thinks about her tweeting, and he, he's like, oh, I, there's nothing I'm going to be able to do about that, Yeah, which is awesome. Um, yeah. I mean, Milton Doyle was a, a sweet delight. They were all, and I think you got you said this, everyone was like optimistic, but you know, we saw all over the offseason sort of each individual player say, we can make the playoffs. And what I found was interesting was that it's specifically Jeremy Lin said, I think, that we can make the playoffs. But at media day today, all of them calibrated those remarks, ticked them down about three places. Yeah, Damari Carroll especially. Like, I was listening to him talk, and he was like, it's not, like, it's really not about that this season. Like, it's, like, about 
It's like what, let's let's talk about that thing in in a year or two. Um, but for this season, like it's about. Uh, wait, are you changing my levels? Yeah, I'm turning you up, baby. Let's get it going. Um, yeah, so basically, it sounded like they were trying to walk that back a touch. Um, and that's an interesting sort of way to look at of a season, right? The fact I that wonder, I would do wonder like how that like sort of like how that happens. If there's if there's an internal memo being like, hey guys, maybe we should just like tone it down with that. Or <laughs> there's definitely a media media training seminar that day. Mm-hmm. Like so, it started at 11 a.m. So I imagine all the play- like D'Angelo showed up at 11 a.m. So maybe you know not everyone was there, but I think there's some communication ahead of time to say, hey, this is kind of what we wanted the message to be. Let's not, because that would be a smart decision to do if you're an organization. You don't want to just throw these players out there to the wolves, to the hungry New York media. By the way, Nets Daily, representing big time. Nets Daily was, how many members do you think associated with Nets Daily were there? Seven? We were rolling deep. Seven of the 18 media members that were there, you know, asking questions. It was rolling deep. Nets Daily. Uh, So appreciate being there, being part of the team. Shout out to the, the Nets Daily clan and it's what do we got to think of it? it's the it's yeah, I don't know if it gang the, okay edit that out please the the natalie attired uh anthony puccio was there from nets daily was natalie tired that was good the what natalie attired natalie attired yeah what is that it's like um nicely dressed oh natalie yeah i've never heard that yeah are you sure that's i think right? it's a n a well i'm gonna i'm just gonna take this whole section <laughs> um I do think that, again, it's interesting that the message out of this team is the fact that they aren't, allegedly aren't focused on the playoffs, that that even the players themselves, like, so players traditionally will think, I'm the best player in the league, every single one of them will think that, and also, we're going to win the championship. All of them act a certain way that that's how, they've, their whole life, that's mm-hmm. how they've acted. And these guys, all of them, every single one of them was basically like, let's not even really talk about playoffs anymore, we should just talk about improvement overall improve the overall process yeah let's just be a little bit better let's all grow a little bit i like that like just in terms of let's not calibrate our 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 whole like ethos going into this is chasing down certain goals like we're gonna have our own goals our own internal goals and they're our goals okay don't let media push you into having goals that you're not ready to have you know and is and i think that's a is that a win for Sean Marks and Kenny Atkinson, the fact that... I think so. They they basically developed a culture where <laughs> wins and losses don't matter. I mean, they matter, but they don't matter it's as much. It's about growth. It's about being happy, Mike. It's an interesting place to be the Nets right now. Yeah. I mean, it's... There's a there's a zen vibe that they're trying to foster in there. And there, it's definitely like a every dude seems to be a good dude type vibe. Yeah. The people they brought in, like even the D-leaguers, again... So I saw Sean Marks. Sean Marks was there. He didn't talk to the media. He talked to a few select members of the media, but not everyone in the media. And <laughs> just in Mike's face, just bitter, yeah, bitter over here. But <laughs> I saw him go over to all the D leaguers or G leaguers, excuse me, right before they were about to talk to us savages. And he like said to him, "Are you guys ready?" You get like you know, patting him on the back, kind of being like the 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 cool, calm, collected dad, just trying to make sure these people are make sure each of his kids are ready for the first day of school. So you about to daddy up on you? Yeah, and, you know, like, the G, even the G-leaguers, again, they were all standing kind of respectfully. None mm-hmm. of them were acting like they were too big for the moment or they, they didn't want to be there because mm-hmm. I'm sure they didn't want to be there. Yeah. Again, it's super awkward. I just want to lay this out to you. There was, like, four or five players talking at one time, 
you have you know 20 media members so if someone big is talking the other three guys maybe just be sitting by themselves when the, all the G leaguers were sitting there they were basically all just sitting by themselves yeah and that's like immediate rejection that's as, as if you're on tinder but you're seeing everyone swiping right you're seeing them right in front of you saying or swiping left or whatever it is yeah. you know and your heart goes out for them but you know that like I wouldn't be able to make this better if I insert myself. What am I going to do? I tried. You know, we tried to talk. Yeah. But like in the end, I think I don't actually know that much about you. Akai. What's his name? Like, I can't remember his name now. Mitchell. Mitchell? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Um, Like if I were to go to them, it's like, so you play basketball. That's (laughs) that's pretty cool, dude. (laughs) Like with with Milton Doyle. Sweet kid. Again, sweet, sweet child. But I walked up to him. And I think, like, as I'm asking the first question, you can see the excitement. You know, like, oh, look, I'm a pro. I'm getting asked questions by a alleged media member. But then the question's terrible. But then he found out you were Mike Smiltz. Yeah. Yeah. I did introduce myself to some. Terrible. All of my questions are terrible. You know, I did introduce myself. (laughs) I did introduce myself to a few because it's weird to talk to these guys and not be like to just act like that. I don't have a name. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like after uh, if when you have a one on one with Milton Doyle at the end of it, I'm like, hey, I'm Mike, by the way. And he's like, oh, hey, I'm Milt. I'm like, hey, Milt, nice to speak with you, buddy. So it's a it's you're, a strange you're environment. Trying to bring that that millennial new media vibe to to Dude, your you know me, bro. I know. I know you're really you're really um, a multidisciplinarian. That's what you are. I think in terms of on the court, what we got out of today was sort of what we already knew. We knew. So Jeremy Lin, both Jeremy Lin and D'Angelo Russell both spoke about. Yes, we can share the floor. We can share the ball. That's not going to be an issue. Um, a lot of the player, like so, I, I asked specifically Rondé Hollis Jefferson if he's going to play power forward this season. He says, "I'm I'm just going to do whatever the coach wants me to do." Mm. I mean, for the most part, it seems like all these guys are ju- all they're just saying. I think they were told ahead of time, basically, if they ask you anything about your role, to just mm. say, "I'm going to do what the coach wants me to do." Because we asked Alan Crabb that, Demari Carroll that. Ronnie Ellis Jefferson that, and all of them said the same thing that I'm going to do what the coach wants me to do, which is a basic kind of yeah. answer. All right, so let's get to some of the audio that we yeah. accumulated today. Yeah. So again, what you're going to hear is some of it's sort of like one-on-ones I cobbled together from mm-hmm. some of the players. Some of it is just the straight conversations. You may not be able to hear a lot of the questions, but you can kind of get a sense of what the players are saying. First one up is D'Angelo Russell. It's me and him talking about uh, basically it starts with him answering a question from another reporter about how he was as a teammate in the past. I, I thought I was always a great teammate, you know, um, and I tried to make sure of it. But um, as of as of now, I'm in a new a new situation and I got to earn that trust and, and that relationship with guys. So I'm going to go out my way to, to make that happen. How weird is it to have that question? The fact that, you know, People, you know what Magic said and all that. How is it weird for you to have that kind of question about you, and you probably don't agree with it at all? Um, I mean, it's, it is what it is. You know, a lot of a lot of things are going to be said about people, and uh, like I said, I've learned to control what I can really control, um, and entertain what I want to entertain. So, with with that being said, it's not. Um, I, don't, I don't really. I didn't really look at you know that. I would just say I'm in a new, completely new situation, so that's what I want to do in general. And um, when you guys say that, it just brings it back to light. So, And it seems obvious that you reached out to sort of specific players on this team, not just texting them. You, you hung out with them. Why did you think that was important? 
they're my new teammates, you know, and um, I want this to be home for me, you know, uh, tra getting traded and moving and changing your whole environment and situation is, is, is not easy, so um, I don't want to do that again, so if the, the, the easier and the quicker I can develop that relationship with guys, the easier it'll be for me. How's your game going to be different this year compared to the past two seasons? What do you think is going to be how you're going to play? How's that going to change? from the past two to this season? Um, experience, experience. Um, going into my third year, I would say, um, just going into my second year, I kind of had a better feeling and a better um, outlook on eight, going into a season 82 games strong, you know? So um, going into my third season, I think it'll be easier. And um, I kind of know what type of player I'm developing into. Do you feel the pressure? This team, you know, hasn't had a first round pick, their own first round pick in a while. You're basically that. Do you feel that pressure that you're sort of the young hope on this team, or do you kind of share that amongst all your other teammates? Yeah, um, I feel like a lot of people on our team are uh, are coming with the same mentality as far as wanting to take those leaps forward and and um, building a, a foundation for the Nets. You know, um, I think this is a year where you got 12 guys, 12, 15 guys that that really want to prove something. You know, and. I think it's, it's, it's all on our shoulders, not just me. This would be like your fifth or sixth straight season with having a different head coach from high school to college to the pros. How has that impacted your growth? Do you think it's been a negative impact, I would think, or do you think you've been able to pick off a little thing from each person? Yeah, definitely. Um, a, lot, a, a lot goes into, like you said, business. It's a business, and um, my life's changed dramatically from high school to now. So coaches are definitely going to change. That's just how the system works. But um, in the NBA, been a, you, you see how many coaches come in, come in and go. So um, I never look at it as a negative outlook. What's the biggest difference between the Lakers organization to the Nets? Not, not negative or positive, just what's been the difference in terms of, I know it's fresh for the Nets, but what would be the difference for you? It's, it's fresh for the Nets. You know, Nets is a newer, you know, a newer team. Lakers been around forever. Um, so fans, everything, you know, it's like I said, it's new, and then that's, they've been around forever. Simple as that. Next up is Rondé Hollis-Jefferson and what his role will look like this season. So you got unlocked kind of last year playing power forward position. Is that what you consider yourself at this point? Are you power forward, or what do you think of yourself as as a player? I'm a player, a basketball player. You can put me anywhere uh, on any night, and I'll compete at the end of the day, uh, whether I'm guarding a seven-footer or someone who's six-foot. Um, I feel like I love the game so much, no matter where the coach needs me to be, uh, I'm that guy. What's the focus when you're on the floor? I mean, you're a hustle guy, but what's the focus when you get out there this season, when you think, when coach puts me in, I got to do this? What is that thing? Um, I would say just compete. At the end of the day, everything else to take care of yourself, uh, coming out ready, uh, mentality. Like A lot of people would be like, I'm expected to do some. My expectations are this. I really don't have any. Um, but to play hard and compete on every given play. You know, everyone talks about you, super athletic, hustler. Everyone talks about your shot. That's the one thing we all talk about. Where is that? How did you develop it over the offseason? Um, putting in a lot of work. You know, At the end of the day, we'll be able to judge that uh, when the games come and when people see uh, the work that I put in. Um, but other than that, I know and I feel comfortable that I put in a lot of work with it. What do you think about this season? Uh, going in, what are your ideas of what would be a successful season for you guys? Um, Man, just to, to say that we fought every night. You know, a lot of games that we lost last year was because we didn't put it in fifth gear, sixth gear. And I feel like um, the direction we're going with, you know, holding each other accountable and just having that mindset, like, um, 
everyone can talk to everyone. Um, I feel like that makes us better. And at the end of the game, when we need to go to those fifth and sixth gears, we can be able to push each other to make it there. So, I, you know, I follow D'Angelo on Instagram and you're in some of his Instagram stories. What what has it been like since he's come over with the team? What's your impression of him just as a person overall? Um, good, good guy, man. He's uh, very good to be around. He's our age, so we all feel comfortable uh, with expressing ourselves and talking to each other. Um, and, you know, he just makes it better. You know, he fits our chemistry and um, the way that we're going. Um, and it's, it's just about complimenting each other at the end of the day. You know, a lot of people, um, feel a way about giving compliments, giving love, and that's not what we, we do here. We kind of embrace it. Like, we we hug each other. We tell each other we miss them. Like, there's nothing wrong with that at the end of the day. You kind of want to feel that. Like, a lot of people grew up missing that gap. Like, they want to feel loved and they want to feel cared about. So that's what we do here, um, and that helps us on the court. Well, why do you think it helps you on the court, that the fact there's, there's like, the good vibes? Um, it comes down uh, to just being able to know that, you know, someone to have your back at a certain level. I mean, like, if you just meet someone uh, for the first time, you, you're not going to just put all your trust in their, in their lap and just be like, hey, take me to the promised land. Um, you kind of got to build and develop that relationship. And I feel like we've done that. Um, and it makes the battle and the war uh, a lot easier knowing that your, your guy, your brother is right there beside you. Next, we have Isaiah Whitehead in terms of his role and his relationship with D'Angelo Russell. Kenny's kind of already talked about what role you may have this season, a Marcus Smart type. Has he said that to you? And what do you think about that? Uh, he hasn't told me that. Um, but I mean, if that's the role that's going to get me on the court, then I got to take full advantage of it. What do you envision for yourself? What kind of player are you going to be this year? Uh, I mean, we're going to see in training camp, I mean, whatever coach, like you said, whatever coach tells me he needs me to do on the court, I'm going to just try to do it to the best of my ability. And I mean, I'm looking forward to it. You and D'Angelo kind of had like the star moment of the offseason together down at the, you know, where were you guys? Uh, Dykeman. The Dykeman. All right, so what was that moment like to kind of like bring just straight to ground roots Brooklyn basketball and to be a part of that? Uh, it was great. I mean, that was the plan. Uh, I don't think I don't think uh, D'Angelo thought it would go that viral, uh, but I was telling him before the game, like, it's nothing like playing outside in New York City uh, in front of the fans. So, I mean, it's definitely just my, my way of saying welcome to Brooklyn to him, just, just bringing him out and just letting him enjoy some playground basketball. What has been your impression of him so far? I mean, obviously you guys have hung out a couple of times. What, if you could describe him to someone who doesn't know him, what, what would you say about him? Uh, he's a great guy. I mean, humble, uh, great guy to be around. I mean, I knew him since uh, junior high school, so I mean, he's always been a stand-up guy, a humble guy, and he's definitely a competitor, which I am too, so I think that's why we kind of get along a lot too. You said you knew him since junior high. What? When did you guys first meet? How I mean, that goes pretty far back. Uh, I think we're just playing on the AAU circuit, uh, just playing against each other. We're in the same high school class. So, like, we came out of Weezy McDonald's All-American together. So, I mean, it's just things like that. I mean, we just kind of saw each other every year. So it was, like, kind of a friendship. How's your shot going to be this year? What, what, what Are you aiming to shoot more three-pointers like everyone else on this team? What's the goal for you in terms of scoring and shooting? Uh, I mean, if that's the goal of the team, then that's what I'm going to do. Uh, I think my shot's gotten a lot better. Uh, in the offseason, I got used to the line a little bit. So, I mean, I definitely feel like it's a part of my game. And if I'm open, I'm going to shoot it. All right. And the last two pieces of sound you're going to hear is most of the question and answer session with Jeremy Lin and part of it with Alan Crabb. I don't want to be disrespectful to last year or anything, but I just feel like with a year under some of our belts, um, can 
I feel like we um, should definitely be better than we were last year. Um, and I think, you know, you've heard me and Karis and some other guys, maybe not as publicly, but uh, just stating different goals that we have. And we feel like because we have a better team, that's that's even more, you know, uh, achievable. Is that, achievable. Is that because of health? Is that because of uh, growth as a team? Is that because of experience? Watch I think everything, really, on paper-wise. Um, adding D'Angelo, Mozgov, Damari, Alan Crabb, like, I think they were so, there's like a plan behind everything that the front office did, and they went and got certain things to fill certain pieces in, based on kind of the information that we had received last through last year's season. And so I think these are specific parts designed to make us better. And, uh, you know, so I think if we, now it's kind of on us to make it all mesh, make it all work. And I think that's, you know, we're, we're definitely excited about it. When you look at the way the team played when you were healthy last year, uh, that when you look at what, like you said, some of the guys that you brought in, how, how confident is this group that, you know, they can do something a lot better than last year, a lot better than what some people are predicting from this team? Um, I think it's just it's it's hard to compare to last year because last year was just such a different year, weird year, um, transitions in a lot of ways, injuries. Um, so I guess I guess for us, uh, we expect to be better than last year, but that's not necessarily like the the like I think you know, especially with new players, they don't even remember, they don't even know what happened last year. But in terms of my mind, like it's been kind of flushed. Um, like I've kind of flushed last season and I'm just looking at this as a new team. We're going to play a little bit different. Um, uh, but I think, uh, you know, I think the pieces that we have are going to help us. I think D'Angelo is going to be huge for us. Uh, I think Damari is going to be huge for us. Uh, we need his voice, his leadership. We need the little things that he does. And um, obviously Crab and, and Mozgov are going to play big time roles as well. And I think you'll see guys like Karis and uh, Sean, who will continue to take big steps forward and, and help us out a lot, too. Is that sort of the mindset for this whole team when it comes to last year for the returning guys? Like, clean slate, watch it, forget about it? Um, yeah, I mean, I don't think anyone's really that hung up on it last year. Like, obviously, it was disappointing. We understand. Um, but I don't think anybody, I think since pretty much May, everything that we've been doing is kind of flushing last season. And, and, and then uh, I think, you, you know, we have a team that's very hungry. We A lot of us have chips on our shoulders, and I think, um, you know, maybe that's the one thing we do carry over from last season. Can you tell? Oh, sorry. I feel great. Uh, no, um, I, I I played more basketball this summer than I have in, in like I, in the past. I would train train more per se skill work, but this year, this summer, I played more than I ever have in in a summer probably um, in terms of getting up and down, playing five on five, three on three. Um, I felt like. <laughs> I felt like I needed it physically and mentally. Uh, just, you know, missed a lot of games last year, had that itch, and uh, played a ton this summer. Can you tell much from the summer workouts about how things are going to work out between you and D'Angelo? Um, I think they're going to work out just fine um, because, because uh, one, I've shown and proven to be able to play with other point guards. Um, and also, I have played too. Uh, I played was a shooting guard growing up, and then I was a shooting guard in college. It was just like a few years in high school and my my, pro, my NBA you know career that I've been a point guard. So I know how to play off the ball. He knows how to play off the ball, um, but his IQ is so high. His passing is like playing pickup. His pack his passing is so phenomenal. Um, it's going to be really. I think it's going to be so much easier than maybe. Uh, I had anticipated at first or other people expected um, and then I think we're gonna you're gonna see us playing off of each other 
And the reality is, like, we were last place last year. We need both of us to play extremely well for this team to, to continue to take steps forward. And um, we're kind of, we've discussed that a little bit, and we're ready to take on that challenge. And without Brooke, do, do you, have you discussed that the two of you kind of have to lead the way in terms of scoring and offensive production, or how will that work? Um, I'm not sure if we need to, like, lead us in scoring. Like, I don't know if... Uh, we, both of us have to average 20 plus. Like I, I would say we have to be that engine for this team. Um, and I think you know, with our offense and with the way we play, we're going to naturally see uh, a lot of guys in double figures um, on any given night. And um, you know, but I think in terms of handling the ball, getting people in places, making a lot of plays, it's going to come down to us too and then it's on us to make the right play and I think everything else will shake out the way it's supposed to in terms of like how many points everybody scores or whatever. And what do you see from Carroll and, uh, and Kraft? Um, you know for, for DeMar he's uh, you know he's, he's scrappy he knows what he's doing I mean he gives us a defensive presence that you know I'm trying to think but I don't think we had I don't think we had that last year really at all um, like he gives us that like he's going to be tasked to stop a lot of these big name guys and um, he you know he's healthier uh, much healthier well I don't know for sure but he looks really healthy to me and uh, you know we've been playing a lot he's been getting up and down and so that's kind of uh, and then he could really shoot the ball and then Alan Crabb uh, has more to his game than maybe he has shown in the past um, you know, he can play in a pick and roll, he can put it down, he can obviously shoot it. And uh, he's gonna, you know, he's gonna be, he's gonna be nice for me and D'Angelo. He'll give us some, a, a lot of space. Do you feel like playing off the ball can benefit you, especially in the motion offense where you're kind of running off, off ball screens and getting open on the perimeter? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, going back to last season, the one thing I really did miss was kind of the dribble handoffs. Um, maybe a backdoor cut every once in a while, a wide pin, these type of actions that, um, you know, coming down the floor, seeing everybody look at me and then making a play every time uh, is hard. You know, the, I think if you watch Isaiah Thomas and players players like that, if you watch how, you know, Brad Stevens used him in the offense last year, he was getting flare screens, dribble handoffs, staggers, pinaways, of course, all the, you know, the angles and the, the high pick and rolls, but he had so much more variety to how he's being used. Um, and I think like I'm looking forward to being able to do that. I think D'Angelo is going to be able to do that as well and, and sometimes start in the corner, come off, have a dribble handoff or whatever the case may be. You mentioned about Isaiah and you know, obviously played for the Celtics last year. They made a lot of moves, the Hawks made moves, a bunch of teams in the East. When you look at the landscape of the East, do you have kind of an idea where you could see you guys fitting in? Um, you know, I think, yeah, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't say we're a top, you know, the top four or five guys are pretty, you know, even though there's been changes, I think they're, you know, you had to give respect where, you know, where it's uh, deserved. And then I think from there on, the next, like, seven spots or whatever the number is, like, is, is, is really a toss-up. Um, and uh, I think some people have, you know, you know, an advantage. I think if we were to sneak into the playoffs, I still think that would be, you know, a surprise or, or a shock, and I think a lot of things would have to go our way. But um, you know, a lot of things had to go my way for me to get here. So I'm, I'm, I'm definitely up for the challenge. As a veteran on a young team, what would you like to see the MO kind of do? Um, 
I mean, for me, it would be hard work, definitely. Like, lead by example, work hard, um, be hungrier, and that's a, a night in, night out thing. Like, I don't doubt our ability to score points. I think the one thing we have to learn how to do is get stops consistently. And really, when it comes to defense, like, that's, that's when you're tired and you have to find, a, you know, and you're not feeling great or whatever, and you have to find a way to be a great defensive team on that given night or paying attention to coverages. So it's a lot of little things, like, becoming a professional that's what I would love to see us do and then at some point hopefully we'll have a great string of games and stuff and then from there it's kind of like how do you handle success how do you repeat you know your formula because it's great like some teams they, they can be really good for a stretch and then they nosedive so how do you sustain success um, is some is a challenge that we're going to have to learn now to last year the, let's say the second half of the season I'm saying half after the All-Star game when you came back the defense took an uptick, actually probably even more so than the offense. But this is a very different, it's going to be a different looking roster than last year. Um, Allen hasn't really been known for his defense. D'Angelo hasn't really been known for his defense. Um, do you think this team is going to have to, do you think this team has individual defenders? Or do you think you're going to have to make up for things with team defense? Um, I that's a, that's a really good question. Um, you know, I think for you know the way I kind of see it is we brought in Demar, who's going to be huge for our defense, um, and kind of that what I was saying earlier, that presence that we never had. Um, and then I think for me, um, I've taken a lot of strides defensively, where you know maybe I may not. You know, I may be better than maybe what other people think I am defensively at this point in my career. That doesn't mean I'll recreate it this season, but that's the goal. Uh, but, you know, for me, the thing, I'm not, like, overly concerned because I think defense is the one thing that you could change very quickly. Um, like, if you told me to bring someone who shot 20% from three and get him, you know, in one season or whatever, like, that's hard to do. But if you put, if you challenge players and you put them in a position to succeed in terms of understanding the team defense and putting them in an environment where it's extremely highly valued, I think, and and they're pushed to maybe places where they've never been pushed before. I think you you know, there are times where we see defenders who really didn't care that much in the past or whatever the case may be take huge huge strides. So I think those players that you mentioned um, will be great defenders in our system as long as they buy in, and I don't have any doubts about that. Uh, and, I think we've it clicked for us as an organization in the back half of last season. Like, hey, this is this is a really like this is how we should play our defense. Over the, over the weekend, we saw some symbolic uh, protests <coughs> in the NFL, and uh, and Steph Curry and Steve Kerr basically said the Warriors aren't going to the White House. Uh, what's your impression of, of that? And and do you see the Nets possibly following through in some way? Yeah. Um, I think for me, my whole take on that is definitely we as an organization, you know, the Nets, we had to discuss it. So the players, the coaches, the front office, you know, I'm not, I don't think, I don't think we're going to see any one person individually do anything. It would be, if we do anything, it would be as a team. Um, but related to what, what's going on right now, I think that, you know, I think it's great for everyone to, to take a stand. I really like the way that, you know, Steph did it with, I felt like he did it in a polite way where he wasn't trying to create hostility or separation. I felt like he was on one end being firm in his beliefs and expressing to everybody what he believes in and at the same time being, you know, gracious about everything and, and not having 
you know, not having any name calling or things like that. So I thought he did a great job, and obviously the invite was rescinded, um, which is just a tough situation to be in. But, if you know, looking at Steph and, and the Warriors, man, I don't think they could have done anything differently. Like, I feel a lot of kind of what Steph described, I, I feel as well. And even though, you know, I, I'm a minority too, so I, I, under, I can't always fully understand, you know, maybe – a lot of the things that are going on, but I can definitely, to some degree, understand, and and uh, I think that's, uh, you know, that's been something that I've been reading up on every day. It's something that is scary. It is something that is very serious, and I'm not big into politics, but right now I really am um, in terms of learning and and uh, trying to figure out how do I use my platform and my voice to take a stand because at the end of the day we do see a lot of injustice still and things that aren't the way that we thought they should be in America or aren't the way that we wish they could be. How much has been discussed in terms of what you think your role is going to be so far this year? Um, you know, just I know it will be able to be to be more, shoot the ball more, uh, just do a little more experiment, you know, being able to, you know, have the ball in my hands a lot more, being pick and roll situations a lot more, um, you know, just, you know, just having more bigger opportunity. Are you excited about the style of play, spreading the ball and, you know, getting open shots for guys like yourself who can knock them down? Oh, yeah, for sure, man. How do you man. feel like that'll favor you? I think it would be perfect, you know, get up and down. Um, and like you said, Coach Atkinson loves a three ball, so that's what I do. So um, just, you know, being able to be in that system and, you know, have plays run for you and, you know, fast pace and just, you know, they say they don't care. You know, if you got an open three, shoot it. So, you know, shooting them fast breaks, all kind of stuff. So, you know, that kind of fast pace, just you look forward to something like that. How much time you did you spend you been in sort of a similar situation before? And a lot of the veterans on this team have been on, you know, sort of different types of teams. Is that something you talk about with the younger guys? Is something that, you know, as it comes up throughout the season, will be little things you can sort of pick and choose from the past? Uh, you know, man, just, uh, you know, coming in as a rookie, you know, just learning the game, learning your role. Um, you know, I, I learned that, you know, when you first get to this league, uh, all the things that you did in the past, you know, you don't, teams don't need that. They only need you for, you know, maybe something here and there. And, you know, you just got to learn your role. But, you know, as, you know, I paid my dues and, and, you know, I learned the game and understand where I'm, you know, most effective at on the court, um, you know, you just start to get more comfortable. And, you know, as the years go along, you, you know, it's kind of like a vet. You know, it's crazy that I'm, year five is already here. But um, it's just fun, man. Like I said, just looking forward to this opportunity, man, and being able to do more. So I'm excited. Alan, you mentioned about other people maybe having low expectations for you guys, whether it's you or collectively in the locker room. What are the expectations you guys believe you can achieve this season? Uh, to just go out there play hard each and every night, you know, get better as the season goes along and make sure that we only keep, you know, taking steps forward and not backwards. How much time did you get with these guys during the summer? Um, mostly a lot of guys been here, um, you know, this, you know, the, you know, performance staff and all of that, you know, they wanted the guys here, and, you know, just for us to gel and, you know, build that camaraderie and, you know, build a, um, you know, so we can all, you know, learn each other's game. But, uh, it's been fun. I've been here, like I said, I've been here since July and, you know, been, you know, going hard, you know, until since now. So it's crazy training camp is here already and first preseason game next week. So we're all excited, man, for, for what's, you know, what's in store for us. Do you have an idea of how things are going to develop in terms of playing time with all the guys on the perimeter that they have? Because there's so many. It's so it's, it's so much deeper than it was mm -hmm. a year ago. Uh, you know, just whatever, you know, whatever coach, you know, feels is best. Um, 
you know, my job is to just go out there when I'm on the court and provide whatever I can provide while I'm on the court, you know, contribute in any type of way that I can help put the team in a, in a successful winning position. So, you know, just leaving it all out on the floor each and every night, whatever the coaches need me to do and whatever they're asking me to do, I'm going to do. Does it matter coming off the bench or, or starting? It's whatever whatever his, you know, call is, and, you know, that's what I'm going to do. But, you know, I'm just looking forward to the season and, you know, just expecting an exciting year. And how do you think this style is going to fit your game, you know? Mm -hmm. Last year, they, when they had to, I mean, Brooke changed his game last year, and, mm -hmm. and he became a three-point shooter. But, but when they had to, they went they, they went to him inside. And now it seems like it's all perimeter. Uh, I think it's, you know, I think it fits me well. I mean, I've looked at Coach Atkinson, you know, when he was even in Atlanta and see how they use, you know, Kyle Corver in that system. And he was very successful in that in that system. So I think it's, you know, kind of similar in that aspect. And like I said, a three-point shooter, he likes to get the three-point shot up. So I think it's going I think it's going to work out pretty well. So you, you think that's a good comparison between you and Corver that you can play that type of role with this teammate? Yeah, I mean, he was one and then I was two last year in three-point percentage. So uh, I think I think it was a pretty close comparison. Well, they considering the pace that this this team played at mm -hmm. last year. I mean, aside from the fact how many threes they put up and right. the pace, yeah. mm -hmm. um, you would expect, I would imagine, your shots to spike. Uh, well, we'll see. Like I said, I just I'm gonna go out there and I'm gonna fit into the system the way that I need to fit into it. Um, you know, just do whatever coach is asking me. So, I'm you know I'm looking forward to an exciting year and like I said, just a bigger role. What are your thoughts on playing with D'Lo and Jeremy Lin this year? I think it's going to be exciting, man. You know, you got two competitive guys, um, you know, just willing to go out there and do whatever it takes to win. And uh, like I say, even playing pickup here with the guys, you can just tell, uh, you know, it's competitive in the games. But, you know, everybody's just here to work hard. And I think it's going to be an exciting season. All right. So that was a little media day inside the locker room type stuff you know that's that's the real nitty-gritty audio mm. brian you did it mike that's what we did you got up in there buddy i did i will i i mean i was i may be all over china because yeah i located pretty essentially right behind jeremy Lin. yeah you're pretty much smelling the nape of jeremy Lin's neck the entire time he was talking it's such a weird thing because again they put you at these they put the players at these little tables so then there's only, let's say, six media members that can be around the, the little table to put their microphones in front of who, whatever player's face. And so I miss, I got to Jeremy Lin late, and I had to, I mean, I was literally staring directly into his neck while he was sitting down. Um, but, you know, I'm probably all over China, which is yeah. what I've wanted to do my whole life. Big in China, Mike. Um, take us out. How many stars should they give us if they like us on, on what platform? Give us five stars on iTunes. The Glue Guys is the podcast. Download us religiously. Mm -hmm. We know every time you don't download. Just subscribe. And I'll email you. Just subscribe, why don't you? Um, I think we should do... We're going to have a couple of fun stuff coming up. We're going to do a, a podcast with Net Income coming up sometime soon. We're going to do one with Anthony Puccio sometime soon. We may have a special guest at some point that we don't know about yet, but I'm going to try. Um, and we also want to do a listener fan email one. So if you have some emails you want to get in the queue already. Oh, I should shout out. Uh, your boy Robbie Rose sent a really nice long one that we're not going to get to. Um, but I see you, Robbie, and I love you. My heart goes out to you. Um, and also, it's your boy Matt Parker forever emailing us. Um, deep, close friend of the pod. Close friend. Um, some, FOP. Some other, some other bros. Tyron Perryman. 
I'm going to get to all you guys eventually. Sorry. Sorry, we couldn't do it this time. So we'll send out the listener bat signal, and we'll let you know when we're going to do the listener email pod. Questions and comments. Except comments as well. Cues and exclamation points. Take us out, Mike. Hey, thank you for listening. Okay, bye-bye, everyone.